0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lantis House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're live! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. We are in for another fantastic episode of Lantis House of Sports. I am your host. Lance Wyatt, and I'm here with two fabulous house members, so to speak. I'm here with Ben Gabriel, and I'm here with Michael Jarris, and we're here to talk to you about all you can think of that has gone down in the past week. So welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. glad to
1: be on back-to-back weeks. Feel honored. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Glad well, to have you back, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, welcome
0: man. back, Ben. You're uh, you my uh, wingman, my Robin, my Batman, as this has been going on, and we have been killing it from the start. But uh, where we haven't been killing it was the podcast last week. Um, as we know, <laughs> you can low key hit it. As you guys may know, we had a rivalry week podcast last week discussing number three Michigan and number two Ohio State. And I believe I was the one to uh, have Ohio State win the matchup forty-two to twenty. I do not remember what everyone else's was, but I am just here to tell you firsthand. It is not my fault about the way they played this past weekend. And in my defense, I said JJ McCarthy was going to have to have the game of his life. And hey, he had 263 for 3 passing touchdowns as well as 27 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So I mean, I don't I don't know what you guys say as a game of a lifetime for JJ McCarthy, a player like that, but I think that's the exact case, but Ohio State went down this past weekend. If it wasn't for the rest of the mix that went on in college football this past week, then our season would be over. But luckily, we still have a chance. Before we go ahead and talk about these last few games, uh, how are we feeling, boys, about that uh, tough loss? Don't let me speak on this alone because I'm struggling here.
2: Pretty upset about it. I can't lie. I mean,
0: (laughs) You can let your real emotions out, Ben. No, I can't. I really can't.
2: Nah, this is public. I can't let those motions out. But <laughs> okay. I just, ugh.
0: come on, guys. Like
2: two in a row, two in a row,
0: back <laughs> to, to back. Mean, back to back. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh's our daddy. All right. Never,
2: never gonna see him win a game at Ohio State while I'm a student here.
0: Well, we we still got another year. Not no, home game. State. Okay. Well, I I guess if you say that, but that was our only game in the shoe against Michigan. Yeah. So I mean, it was our one and only shot as a student. You got work. I mean, maybe you come back for your masters. I don't know. <laughs> no, fuck no, not here. <laughs> What'd you think of the game, Mike?
1: It was it was rough, especially being there, being in that environment. There was a hundred and six thousand plus yeah fans there. Hundred
0: six point seven, I think the t- total was yeah something like that.
1: And about ninety eight percent of them were Buckeye fans. And towards the end of that game, felt like all you could hear was Michigan fans. So it was a little bit. Uh, well, disappointing. I've never heard 106,000 fans so quiet in my life. Yeah, it was rough. It almost looked rigged at that point. It's just like the play calling, our defense, letting up like three 70-yard touchdowns plus. seriously, It's just, I don't even know. It just didn't even look real. It did not look like Ohio State.
0: So as we were previously discussing the episode last week, we didn't know how ready Blake Corm was going to be. We didn't think he was going to play. He said he was going to play. Offensive lineman said he wasn't going to play. So he played, but he didn't play. So it was a little bit of both. He got in the game, didn't really do much outside of the first quarter, but he got in for some reps. He had two carries for six yards. But it was a Donovan Edwards day for Michigan, and he absolutely torched us. Um, And it was mainly all in the second half. I believe in the first half they were – um, I don't know exactly how many rushing yards they had, but it was little to none. I'll tell you that. And then by the end of the game, he had 216 yards and two touchdowns with a long of 85. I'm sure if you were watching that game, you remember that burst that pretty much sent the Ohio State fans uh, home packing. So let's put that game behind us. Uh, Michigan's up to two now in the rankings. Uh, Ohio State dropped down to five, but lucky for us, there was a, bunch of, a whole lot more shakeup in college football than just Ohio State going down. I mean, it was fifth team in the nation, LSU, a team that's playing in the SEC championship this coming up weekend. They lost to probably one of the worst teams, if not the worst team, in the whole conference of the SEC and Texas A&M on the road this past weekend. So their season is over. Clemson, they got upset by Spencer Rattler at home in South Carolina 31 to 30. They were ranked eighth. Their season is officially over, without a doubt, as well as ninth in the country, Oregon, a chance to play in the Pac-12 championship, possibly, and they let themselves down on the road against Oregon State, 38 to 34. So with all that shaken up, the rankings have now changed to Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC has moved into that final four spot uh, to make out that college football rankings with the last two teams followed by Ohio State and Alabama. So with all that being said, it means one big thing. With the conference championships coming up this weekend, if one team finds a way to sell the bag, Ohio State's going to find a way somehow after that horrendous loss to sneak into the playoffs. So with that being said, let me list the championship games we got. We got the Pac-12 championship this weekend. 11 Utah going up against 4 USC. So as we know, USC, their sole loss on the season was to Utah, right? We remember that. There's a chance for revenge for USC. One that I don't know. What do we think, guys? Possibly can take revenge in or?
2: I think USC's winning that game. I don't see them losing to the same team twice a season with how well Caleb Williams is playing right now. Yeah. I mean, USC's they're them. Caleb Williams <laughs> and Jordan Addison are them. You know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that. I don't think Utah's defense is going to stop them. I think they'll just outscore them at the end of the day.
1: I mean, yeah, last time they played, it was a great game. High scoring. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know about USC losing back-to-back against them, especially uh, Caleb Williams. He's definitely been getting better as the season goes on. So, I think he's going to ball out again. He's been doing excellent recently, almost looking like a Heisman
0: favorite. So, that'll be rough to beat. So, I kind of wish I was, like, not on the same boat as you guys in this one. But I mean, when it comes down to it, it's like, who do I trust more at the end of the day, Cameron Rising or Caleb Williams? And I think I don't. I'm not even gonna read the stats off to you guys because it's clear and obvious without a doubt, Caleb Williams. And I mean, their points per game is around the same. USC gives up a few more points per game, six more to be exact. Um, about 40 more yards per game. Um, it's tight at the tail of the tape. I mean, USC leads in passing yards per game, um, probably about 80 ahead, while they trail in the rushing yards per game. So. I mean, if Utah can find a way to, you know, dominate the run game in that aspect and be able to be two-dimensional on the offensive side, then maybe Utah can have a shot. But I don't see Tavion Thomas uh, running back for Utah having a big day um, like Utah and the team did earlier in the season. I think the USC knows what they're playing for. I mean, this is their first time possibly getting a chance in the playoffs, correct? Yeah, if no, this is their first time being in the top four. Yeah, so, I mean, this is huge for them, and I don't, I don't see them messing it up.
2: I don't know. I mean, it'll be a good one. USC's defense is still trash, so
0: <laughs> it, it is not good at all. I mean, so, did I tell you guys the points they allow per game? Did I say it exactly? No, I mean, no. it's 26 per game, but I mean, throughout a whole season, yeah. that's not what you want. And against
2: team like they gave up 42 yeah. to Utah when
0: they played them. Yeah, so it's not. I mean, Utah's a high scoring offense, too, but I they're mean, good. let's move on from that. Yeah. Um, TCU, Kansas State, a huge matchup this weekend. I mean, these guys matched up earlier in the year as well, I believe. Um, and in that matchup, it was uh, it was TCU that was able to get the dub. They won that game 38-28. to And, I mean, do we see anything different going in this game? TCU's been riding hot all season. Um, they're undefeated, uh, like I said prior. Um, can Max Duggan find a way to keep getting it done, or does Kansas State play spoiler in this one? What do we think, boys? Does Ohio State have a shot? Because if USC wins, this is it. And I don't think... I mean, I don't know. If TCU wins this game, there's no way they do the flip flop. I mean, we know yeah. exactly what the committee thinks, putting us at five and Alabama at six, right? Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, who I mean, who we think win, wins this game? I mean, we either need. In case need, you get the revenge? For Ohio
1: State, we either need USC or TCU to lose. And I definitely would favor TCU losing over USC. Yeah. I know TCU already beat Kansas State. I mean, it's a long season. So. Just like we said with that USC game, USC lost the first time, so we expect them to bounce back and get a win. Uh, this game is going to be—I think it's going to be another high-scoring game, but I mean, I pray that uh, Kansas State gets it done, especially as a Buckeye fan. Gotta see, gotta see Ohio State in there. It's supposed to be our season, so
2: uh, yeah, I'm picking Kansas State this game just for really? the same. going it happen, yeah, the same reason Mike said. I mean, it's just—it's hard to beat the same team twice and. I think TCU is extremely overrated. I think Max Duggan's extremely overrated.
0: Wow! So you're rocking with uh, Martinez in Kansas State. I am. Um, I like, of course, as a Buckeye fan, I hope that one of those teams loses and finds a way to get it done. I don't think TCU loses this game. It's the same thing, kind of like USC. I don't think they're at the exact level that USC is. I think USC is honestly probably a bit of a better team, even though TCU has had some tough matchups all season long. I just think Max Duggan—he's too good of a quarterback. I mean, twenty-nine to three turnover or touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, that's exactly what you want. And then their running game solid as well. So, I mean, I'm taking TCU in that game. But before we move away from college football, the rest of the championship games going on this weekend. I might as well announce them. Um, SEC Championship: 14 LSU going up against one Georgia. I don't see any shakeup there. Neither do you boys, I assume. No. AC uh ACC championship 9 Clemson versus 23 North Carolina. Clemson, they sold their season last week like we brought up earlier. So that game's irrelevant. Hopefully Clemson loses. I don't I could give a shit less. Um Big 10 championship, Purdue Michigan. Any way Purdue can sneak Michigan? Is there any way? No. Not I don't one think chance. So. That'd
2: be amazing. <laughs> Michigan's going to rush for 400 yards on <laughs> Purdue.
0: Do we think uh Blake Corms going to be back this weekend or do you think they might try and hold him out again?
2: Uh I think he'll play. I mean, if they're up big at half, which I think they will be, I think he'll come out of the game. But I don't know. Purdue uh, Purdue has some upsets on their, in their past, so never count them out.
0: Yeah, seriously. I mean, we're the ones that yeah. have to let that out. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for them. But, I mean, after that game, I don't see it happening either. You got Toledo, Ohio in the MAC championship game. You got Coastal Carolina versus Troy. You got Fresno State versus Boise State. I mean, these are some crazy games that you guys are not going to want to miss. And then it finishes off with, you know, the American Atlantic Championship with uh, 22 UCF and 18 Tulane. So there's plenty of football. Don't you guys worry? I know you guys are all Buckeyes fans. Let's hope and pray. But there'll still be plenty of football out there. But the last thing I want to talk about before we get out of college football is, let's say one of those teams does lose. A lot of people, the big topic of discussion around college football is who's more deserving of getting in. And that's Ohio State or Alabama. And I honestly I mean, after the way we lost this past weekend, I really think it's a great topic of discussion. Like I'm gonna pick Ohio State just because of my bias, but there are two losses on the season, both on the road against top ten opponents. By a total of four points, I mean, come on, that's hard right there. I mean, that's hard.
2: I guess. I get what you're I get what you're saying, but I don't I don't think the discussion is all that in my opinion. No. I, I don't. I mean, they're just they're not gonna put a two loss team in the playoff. Until there's a 12-team playoff, a two-loss team will not make it over, or a one-loss team. I know we got whopped by Michigan.
0: I like that word. Yeah,
2: but I don't know. They were the number three team in the country, and let's be real, we were down by eight points with six minutes left, and. Yeah, There were some garbage-time touchdowns, if I'm being honest.
0: I wouldn't say that exactly, and I wouldn't even call them garbage-time because we were down a touchdown when he had that 85-yard rushing touchdown. Yeah, no, that was a big touchdown. And then we're down two scores. We're driving down the field to try and keep competing in the game, and C.J. Stroud throws the pick, you know, tries to act like Patrick Mahomes. It's a tough play. I kind of get it, but, you know. After
2: that, the whole stadium leaves and, like, You know, everybody kind of knows it's over. Like, By
0: the time we walk out of the stadium, leave our seats, and go outside where Fox had their setup for the pregame show, they had another what was it? Seventy yard rushing touchdown. I, think so. I mean, I don't care who's leaving that stadium. It's inexcusable. No, yeah, inexcusable. we got we
2: got killed, but I don't.
0: I don't care what time. I don't the think game the score was as scores. bad
2: as because we were crushing them in the first half. I would not like, say crushing them. I mean, it was a good game. They had twenty yards of rushing, and you know their only plays were those long plays and. At halftime, we thought we were going to stop that and we were going to come out in the second half and win the game. But. I
0: mean, everything completely changed from what we were hoping to do. I mean, yeah. We were trying to pressure the quarterback. We were sending blitzes from all over the place and they were containing it. Um, McCarthy was able to expand plays and run plays, avoid the pressure. And then I feel like when we'd run those blitzes at the same time, they just run it right fucking bias and they take it to the crib. And then at the same time, our dbs you know what i was highlighting last week on our uh, 30 minute segment i mean they completely let us down i mean that the start of the game is what got them rolling for the second half and it was you know that one on one coverage that uh, you know one broken tackle and they're gone at the en- in the end zone i don't know I, I was very disappointed in ohio state's performance last week i mean i don't know my
2: point
1: my point is
0: that alabama still looks like a very good football team paul Finnebaum said uh,
1: earlier today that um Alabama, they lost their chance of making the playoffs. I don't know if you guys. Saw that. said that. Feinbaum said that. Yeah, they are out. They got jumped by USC. I don't
2: think. I mean, if they, were, if they were. If they were going to make it over us, they would have put them ahead of us this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree completely with that. I think the committee showed exactly where their bias was in the latest rankings uh, the other day.
2: I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's a bias. They just have two losses, and I know that. Well, it's
0: not a bias, but it is a bias, you know, because yeah. they're the ones making the rankings. So it's the, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, but. I mean, it's hard to put a two loss team over an Ohio State. How about this? How about this?
0: So, we think if USC loses, they're out, right? Yeah. Correct. What if if TCU loses? I think they're out. USC loses and TCU loses. Does TCU still get in? Because they put us back in. Yeah. TCU TCU will still if both of them lose. Yeah. So, you think Mm -hmm. it's like, okay. So, you really think they're out? They're out, um,
2: out. Yeah. Two losses, they're out. Yeah. And I don't, and it's not because of their, I know they only lost by four combined points, but. They only won by one point to a Texas team that yeah. lost their quarterback in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, so like
0: the old Miss game was very ha- competitive. Yeah, they
2: could have they could easily have four losses. Yeah, they've so, had a lot of close games this season. Yeah, you guys really want to see us play Georgia? I don't know if I do.
0: That's what I was kind of saying <laughs> over the weekend, man. Like, I don't know if I want to see us in the playoffs. Like, we looked bad.
2: We looked horrible. We, we did, didn't look good.
0: That was our play calling wasn't great. I mean, at the same time, they're. D- their secondary was clamping up our. I our mean, receivers. our they were our top two wide clamping. receivers had
2: days. Like yeah, Marvin and they uh, they both went for one twenty plus. Outside of yeah. Marvin,
0: what did Mecca have? He had over hundred. Over hundred. Over a hundred. Uh, yes, you had, Make me look at that right now. Yes, yeah, right I looked at it when we were walking out of the stadium. I mean, I know, I know Stroud still had like a big day, but I mean, you're telling me we weren't working for every single touchdown we had, mean, in the we we second got, half nothing we didn't do anything. Given. Yeah, we only had three points. Okay. I that, think the play call, I trying. think the play that's calling, what, calling was awful. I don't I'm, I'm not putting it on the players. They I did think, a great job. I think our play calling and we got outcoached by a mile. We did we got outcoached. I'd agree with that.
2: Jim Harbaugh just killed Ryan Day. Like it wasn't
0: I think he kinda killed Jim Knowles.
1: He
2: killed he killed all of them. All of them. It just
1: didn't look like Ohio State just watching that football game. It was just I've never seen something like that. It's such a switch up from what we're used to this whole
0: season. I mean just watching that game, it was unreal. I agree that it's a switch up, but the last few weeks we haven't been playing our best ball. And I was saying going into that matchup, gotta be playing our best football. And we weren't, and it ended up costing us. And I didn't I didn't acknowledge it. I didn't recognize it. And I looked past it and look at that, we took the L. But let's move on. Enough of this college football bullshit. And now let's move into the pros. NFL. <laughs> go ahead.
2: What do you mean go ahead? I don't care Keep fucking laughing. I mean, I'm just—I'm ready to talk about the Bengals,
0: man. So, okay, do your yeah, thing real quick. In you the can weekend. talk about the Bengals. I know you'll join in. You got Jamar on the team. Week, whatever, man. Season's over. Don't even bring that up. Week 12 slate. It was a wild one. Um, a lot of upsets that we did not expect. Before I get into my segments, I'll let you boys highlight your big time games. Let's get, go ahead, shout them out.
2: Uh, this isn't even uh, this isn't even a bias. <laughs> Y'all are y- y'all know I'm a Bengals fan, but this isn't even a bias because it is the game of the week. Bengals-Chiefs, 425 in Cincinnati. Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites.
0: I yeah. was talking about last week, but yeah,
2: that's, that's probably <laughs> game of the week. I'm just excited for next week. Man. <laughs> I'm waiting for next week.
0: So that's, that's your a- game of the week. <laughs> I'm ahead. talking about the, yeah, the Browns being the
1: Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Go How ahead. about that? Who would have thought? Not me, but <laughs> yeah. it happened. I mean, the Browns won... Twenty three seventeen, Jacoby Brissett played all right. He's been, if I can touch on the season real quick, real quick, the whole season. Jacoby Brissett was playing. He was playing pretty good for a backup quarterback. I'm gonna be. I'm not expecting I, him to go out there and ball, but like he was playing.
0: I think Jacoby Brissett's proved that he can be a starter in the league. on a Yeah,
1: team. I mean, I mean, after this I season, I could see him. Hopefully, the Browns keep him as a backup. But if some reason he gets away from us, I can see him starting on. The Jets if they don't want to move or anything I like know. that. I mean but yeah, I mean that was a big time win. And then we got Deshaun next week. That's a whole nother thing.
0: But You think your boys still got the any faith in the season or I mean how many games are there left? We're in uh, week thirteen? Five? Yeah. four six.
1: <laughs> Unless they got a bye week. No, Browns already had their bye week. Yeah, they got but, six um, more games. I mean the, the Bengals and Ravens are knotted up at seven and four and the Browns and Steelers are four and seven, so there's only I mean, three games in between the 1 and 2 seed while the Browns are sitting at the 3 seed. I mean, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of things can happen, especially especially with Deshaun. If he comes out playing how um he's supposed to, that's that's going to be different and our defense got to step up, but that's a there's so much you can talk about with
0: I mean, team. I'd expect like at least a game gap. You know yeah. he's gonna be rusty yeah. in that first game. I mean, I mean, thank God we got the Texans, the worst yeah, team to beat. That's an excellent seriously. game, and to he's come gonna want to go off in that game too, because yeah. you know he hates yeah. that franchise. <laughs> exactly. So the first segment that I wanted to speak with you guys on today was the seven and five red hot Washington Commanders, aka Skins, aka football team. These guys have won six of their last seven, and I honestly cannot figure out how that is a fucking case because. I mean the record, yes, seven and five. It speaks for itself. One six is last seven. Uh, they were able to beat the Falcons at home. But when you look at their like statistical stats, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like they average more points allowed than points per game. They are twenty third in passing yards, or fifteenth in rushing yards. They are twenty f- and you know, like I earlier said, it's twenty fourth in points for. Um, They're 26th and third down conversions. Um, their turnover differentials at a zero. So, I mean, I guess it's not a negative, but it's not like it's a plus either. And then you know how when you're kicking punts, you want them inside the 20, inside the, inside the 10? Mm-hmm. Their touchback percentage is 82%. That Ooh. is not what you want as a team. So how the fuck are these guys winning games? And I don't understand it at all, but the only thing I've seen that they are positive in statistically is that they are first in time of possession. That's what it is then. That's but is that the, the most to give you a seven and five record? I mean, like, if you have the it's ball, it's just crazy to me. Time. No, some of their wins aren't crazy. they beat the Jags, the bears, struggling Packers, struggling Colts earlier in the season. They've beaten the Texans Falcons last couple of weeks, but their one big win was they played against Philadelphia Eagles and they played them pretty fucking well and they got the win. So is there something I'm missing about this commander's team or is this seven and five record? Just a fluke because I mean, they're a team in the East, in the NFC, and every single team in the East in both conferences have a winning record right now. So that's some crazy shit going on in the league.
2: I don't know. I mean, watching them, Brian Robinson looks great. Uh, Taylor Heineke's been playing good ball. Their defense has been playing good. So it's just they've just been figuring out how to close it out in the fourth quarter, and a lot of teams can't do that, so props to them. But I think their record is the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, exactly, the Ravens. I didn't want to say it, but... I think their record is a lot better than what they really are. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're good enough to be in the playoffs. But it's the NFL, so we'll see.
0: The rest of the schedule. So they are – I want you to speak your opinion if you have anything to say. But the rest of their season schedule, they do have a bye week, week 14. So disregarding that, they're at the Giants, home against the Giants, at the Niners, home against the Brownies, and then they finish the season at home against Dallas. So – I mean, is that something we look at and say, yeah, that's that's winnable games right there, or no?
1: I mean, yeah, the back-to-back against um, the Giants, I could see them splitting or um, sweeping them. I, I'm i kind of with that's you there. A whole, Continue, I, don't, I personally don't think the Giants are all that. I think their record is more of a fluke than the Commander's record, but that's a whole other topic. But um, the main thing that I pointed out when you were bringing up those stats is how— um, they're number one in time of possession. I feel like if you have the ball, obviously the other team doesn't, so you're in control of the game most of the time. Regardless if you're doing crazy things, scoring all these points, doing all that, you have the ball. The other team can't do much about that. So that's probably, that's definitely the big reason on why the record is what it is.
0: I kind of agree with you because that's the only thing that makes sense, right? But I mean, maybe you just got to give their defense a little bit of credit there, right? I mean, yes, they've allowed more points and points for this season, but... They're still 10th in the league in points allowed. So that means their defense is doing something right on the positive side. So, I mean, I'm kind of with you there, though. Like, I wouldn't say the Giants are like a fluke. Like, yeah, they're definitely not like what their record says. I mean, as they're sitting there at um, uh, seven and four. But they have, I mean, the last few weeks, they have not been playing their best football. And the run game, honestly, it's been struggling a little bit. And I think the Commanders, you know, as they're not one of the best teams, I think they're a good enough team with the way they control the football that they can win this matchup not just once but twice. And, you know, our roommate Chris was saying he's a big Giants fan. He was saying this is one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game for the Giants this season. So he knows exactly how big of a game this is. And I just feel bad because I think it's going to be a letdown for him. I mean, who you guys think wins that one? But – is this just the start of the end of season run for both teams? Honestly, in the NFC, is the uh, first game at where is it? Where the is it first at? game is in MetLife. Okay, yeah. yeah. What's the, Giants need it. Biggest yeah. game of the year for them. You know what the spread is by chance? I, um, I will have it for you in about uh, eight seconds.
1: Usually, people say that uh, home field gives you three points. So, I just hmm. wanted to see what the spread is. What do, you, than, what do you What do you mean by that? Like the spread. Like say it was somewhere like Ohio. So is that two and a
0: half. Washington's a two-and-a-half point favorite right now. So you're yeah. saying if they were at home, it would be five-and-a-half? would be and a five-and-a-half.
1: Five that's just what you know, everyone you're little, says. Yeah, your little trick? Yeah. If you're a home team, you get three points automatically for your just being home. But, yeah, I mean, geez, they're still there. I mean, the, public, the public's
0: on the Giants spread right now, mm-hmm. 70%. Um, Moneyline bet, public's on Washington. And the over-under's at forty and a half. That's kind of low. I kind of like the over-hitting there. Yeah. I think both teams can definitely score three touchdowns. So if you guys are looking at that, I think that's a – lock in my opinion although I don't know those lows make me nervous sometimes what do you think Ben I need to hear an opinion before we uh talk about uh the crazy AFC
2: I don't know it's just a battle of two mid-teams in my opinion <laughs> I know it's a big game for like the playoffs and all but I'm like I'm none of those teams are exciting to watch
0: see but it's crazy because I think one of those teams makes makes a playoff at least
2: oh, I agree I agree one of them will but I think they get bounced first round
0: you don't think uh, any upset against you think the Minneapolis can have
2: Giants it? are going to beat the Eagles in the first round? I would say they're going to beat Well, the Eagles <laughs> are
0: most likely going to have a first-round bye. Cowboys? Vikings? Cowboys aren't going to be division winners if the Eagles are. Vikings? Uh, yeah. Can they beat the Vikings? You I don't, don't think so? I don't think
2: so. I actually don't. Neither of them can.
0: Uh, what if one of them sneaks a 5 seed and gets the Buccaneers? Shh.
2: I still don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Buccaneers have way too much talent on their team. Let's I know if Tom...
0: <laughs> okay before we move on to the afc nfc um what do we got our predictions in the nfc so far i mean i've been rocking with the 49ers the last couple weeks i think the eagles are the top dog in the uh, regular season for the nfc i think the buccaneers their season's over whether they make the playoffs or not i just don't think it's their time i had to believe it at the beginning of the season but they just don't seem to be clicking and it doesn't seem like it's going to change So, maybe he proves me wrong in the last five weeks, and maybe I gave up too quickly. But my new team in the NFC is the 49ers. I think they're the team to beat for sure. Too many weapons. I
1: like that. I like that a lot. I think the 40, yeah, I see 49ers just everywhere. That offensive, like just you were saying, they have so many weapons. It's it's ridiculous. But they're, yeah, they're a really good team. I mean, the Eagles at 10 and 1, they had that one loss to the Commanders. They're still looking good in their few bounce back games. The Vikings. They played a that uh Thanksgiving game was amazing to watch. Yeah. So that that was a lot of fun. But yeah, the Vikings look good. Justin Jefferson's looking like best receiver in the league, maybe. That's a yeah, he's he's ridiculous. But yeah. Uh my team, I don't know. I kinda I kinda like the forty ers I'd say. Yeah. I'd say forty ers
2: I'm going cowboys. I'm thinking that... uh, I'm
0: going Cowboys, and let me tell you why. I need one of those.
2: Yeah, let me tell you why. Uh, (laughs) I think that uh, Dak is continuing to play better ball every week. I know he's injured at the start of the season, but Cooper Rush came in and went 4-1, and so that was a blessing for him. Tony Pollard has kind of come into his own, playing great ball. You know, he has a lot of... He has more scrimmage yards than a lot of starting running backs in the league, so... That combo in the backfield with Zeke and Pollard, and you got CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Noah Brown on the outside. And
0: they might just go get OBJ.
2: If they get OBJ, they might win the Super Bowl. (laughs) They have one of the most talented defenses in the league with Michael Parsons leading the pack, but...
0: Dude, a Cowboys Niners playoff matchup would, that would, go, be would be insane. That would be insane. I mean, honestly, I think after the first round, after those teams you were talking about get bounced out. I mean, once it's, you know, Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, Vikings, most likely, you know, like those games are going to be incredible. Yeah, no. That's going to be fun to watch.
2: Yeah. Top like 4 teams in the NFC are all really good, but outside of that, I
0: I don't think anybody's that great in the NFC. Yeah. I'm with it. And then I mean, it leads us perfectly right into the AFC, you know, cuz I I mean, as I've been saying since the beginning of doing this podcast, I think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl this year. Um, they've had an interesting type of year, not as dominant as we normally see, yet, I mean, they're still sitting at eight and three. So they're having a pretty fantastic season. Um, and their offense is always off the charts, like always. But I'm considering, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to be the team to beat in the AFC. Um, I mean, they've been in the Super Bowl, what is it, two times in a row now? Three times in a row, Super Bowl two in the last three years. I'm yeah. sorry no yeah. no disrespect meant yeah. no disrespect meant Ben uh, <laughs> but yeah so I mean I would say they're the team to beat in the East I mean you want to argue that
2: no I'm I like it the beginning of the year I definitely thought the Bills had a much better team than the Chiefs but Patrick Mahomes can just he's just a magician man he's so, man. Good. He's he's so just, good he's one of one yeah he's just he's watching him is just amazing on Sundays and watching what he does and it's just awesome <laughs> I think I think, I, I think the Chiefs. I Chief, you I, said that absolutely. <laughs> I, think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. So yeah, you still got I them. like the Chiefs. I think I do like, I like the, Chiefs the Chiefs this year. I'm a big Bengals guy. I think they're probably the third best team in the AFC, but the Chiefs aren't a league of their own, man.
0: Those are interesting takes. I'm kind of a little bit surprised you guys think the Chiefs go right back on top. I mean, I think I mean I think this league is theirs to take for the next ten to fifteen years, without a doubt. But. I mean, this can make it easier for me to say. I mean, so if we say Chiefs are top dogs, who do we think are the biggest threats to them in the AFC? Because there's a list of teams I could say. I mean, the Miami Dolphins are playing the best football I've ever seen in my fucking lifetime right now. I mean, the Buffalo Bills, again, your Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, the Tennessee Titans aren't bad. I mean, I'm not a fan of uh, Ryan Tannehill, but got to give credit where it's due. Mike Vrabel, he knows what he's doing. And Derrick Henry's, you know, another one-of-one type players. So... I mean, who do we think is the top competitor and then who we think can truly compete to maybe knock off the Chiefs um, come playoff time?
1: Just like you were saying, the Dolphins are playing excellent football. I really like the Dolphins. Yeah. The Tua, I mean, much as people want to give him hate, he really – he'd be playing well. He's He's been doing excellent. Every game he starts, like from start to end, I feel like he wins, honestly. I mean, I know you might not say he's that good, and he definitely does have the weapons. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, are – that receiving core is different. Those top two guys are really good. So I think those guys, especially if they keep up the way they've been playing, I think those guys might be the biggest threat to the Chiefs.
0: Wow. What you think, Ben?
1: I mean, you know who I think is the biggest threat to the Chiefs. <laughs> you serious, though?
0: You ser- you think they're the second-best team in the AFC?
2: I mean, we we have to play the Chiefs and the Bills this in the next six weeks, so we're going to find out, but... Right now, the Bengals have won six of their last seven. Their defense is playing good. They held Derrick Henry to thirty something rush yards. You know they let up that long screen pass, but when when they give him the ball thirty times a game, he's gonna break one. I don't know. Joe Burrow has proven himself to be a top five, top four quarterback.
0: You got any? You got any worries on the defensive side at all? Or I did. Because I would.
2: You would? I did when Shadobe got hurt, but after watching. Their front seven against the Titans on Sunday, and seeing what they did to that offensive line, Derrick Henry. Seeing what they did to Derrick Henry, I was, I was pretty pleased. DJ Reader played great. We got him back. We've been missing him the whole season. He's a great run stopper. Fills the gaps. Big guy. I don't know. I'm what, thinking. What do
0: you think of the secondary though?
2: I mean, we still got Jesse Bates.
0: Um, a lot of big names.
2: Yeah, I really like Cam Taylor Britt. He's a rookie out of Nebraska. He's Athletic, he can tackle. He's a good pass blocker. He's actually the dude that uh, punched the ball out of Derrick Henry's hands at the goal line. Yeah, that was him. You know, we still have Eli Apple. No one really likes him, but he he played well last year. You know, he uh, got the tackle at the end of the AFC Championship to kind of switch the momentum to the Bengals side. I don't hate the secondary. I think it could be better with Shadobi because he was playing like a top ten cornerback this year until he tore his ACL, but. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see when we play the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, no, nah, it'll be fun these next few weeks. Well, I think in these next few weeks, I mean, yeah, that game with the Chiefs is going to be huge. Um, but I think we're really going to find out who the Dolphins are in these next few weeks. I mean, their schedule hasn't been the most difficult as the season's gone on. But in this home stretch they got here, it's definitely one that no one's going to want to miss, especially you, Wesley Minky, if you happen to be tuning in, because um, your boys are going to be tested. Um, I mean, they're on the road against the 49ers. Um, They go on the road to play the Chargers, not playing their best football, but they still got a talented team. Um, On the road uh, to end the road trip against Buffalo. Um, Who knows how the weather's going to be in that game. And then you finish off the season at home against Green Bay uh, at New England and then a potential revenge matchup at home against the New York Jets, um, who sent you one of your losses earlier in the season. So – I don't know. I agree that I think the Dolphins are no joke, but we're really going to find out if they're no joke or not in these next few weeks because if they can win even just like half of these matchups, like, I don't know. I'm I'm really intrigued to see how they do against the Niners this week, honestly. I mean, that's a huge test on both sides of the football because the 49ers can do, yes, they got the game manager and he's not the biggest threat, but the amount of weapons he's got around him. I mean, there's just so many things to worry about. And then on the defensive side, I mean, the 49ers are one of the best in the league, so you're going to be tested. And it's exactly what you want heading into a you know potential playoffs down the road. So I'm really excited with that matchup. But with that being said, I still think it's the Bills. Um, they're going to get Von Miller back Week 14, I believe. Um, it's another big piece they've been missing. I just think Josh Allen. He's another one of those guys. Like he has the certain pieces he needs, and their defense is good enough. I mean, they're fifth in points allowed on the season. I mean, they're second in points four on the season. So, with that being said, I just don't see how it's not Josh Allen's year. You know, like he's zero and two against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I mean, I feel like I can talk about the team all I want, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, and you just got to think he's not going to lose to a coin flip again, right? I just so I'm I'm gonna ride with the Bills.
2: I don't necessarily disagree with that pick. I'm a little biased with the Bengals. We all know that, but. At the same time, when I Josh Allen the past few weeks, he just he turns the ball over way too much, man. Yeah, he you know it makes that, a lot of iffy passes. Yeah that that fumbled that fumbled snap against the Lions on the one yard line. You know he had yeah. a pick in that game, I think. He's just he has the yeah. most interceptions in the league right now I'm against pretty the Lions.
0: Sure. Yeah, remember the Vikings? Game? Yeah, the Vikings. Yeah. When the Vikings were down eighteen and they came back, Jay Jettis had that insane that catch crazy of the year. Cage catch of all time oh yeah 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 and then yeah. they drove the got stuffed life, right? they got the ball in the half josh allen awesome. fumbled they scored drove yeah. <laughs> down the field and then he threw a pick in the end zone right yep yeah so i mean <laughs> i just i'd give credit to the vikings there but i mean
1: josh allen does have a lot of turnovers though he does he
0: does have a lot of turnovers i will agree does to that. the ball but i i'm going to continue my faith in josh allen i think the, he's i think he's the, a two second best quarterback in the league and you know he's just got plenty of talent
2: at the same time when you want somebody to do as much as the bills want josh allen to do you kind of have to expect some turnovers there because
0: But isn't that exactly what the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes do?
2: But Patrick Mahomes doesn't rush for a hundred yards a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they he's their leading rusher. Yeah, that, but like, that's
0: like I feel like that's just another skill set to Josh Allen's game. Like that's within his game. Like I don't think Josh Allen's throwing for four hundred and fifty yards a game, you know, kinda of like I mean not literally hyperbolizing. Like Patrick Mahomes does, but he doesn't run. But Josh Allen's more of like a three hundred and fifty rushing yards or whatever it is type of guy because he can run. But so can Patrick Mahomes. But I feel like he doesn't have the muscle that Josh Allen has to literally bulldoze over whoever the fuck he wants. He's a unit. He's huge. Straight unit. I mean, these type of quarterbacks. If we keep getting, uh, you know, guys like this coming into the league with this type of, you know, body type and figure with these these skills, I mean, league is in fucking fantastic hands. It's crazy, and it's gonna just. And keep they're all still better young.
1: They're all still young, balling like this. I mean, the best quarterbacks in the league are the young ones. It's yeah. So I mean, they're in their. Going into their primes or in
0: their primes, but, I mean, they still got a lot of time left in the league. I mean, we were talking about this. Were you with us when we were talking about this the other day? I mean, top yeah. five quarterbacks in the league, like not even just in the league in general. Where do you put Tom Brady now? Where do you put Aaron Rodgers? Because, I mean, I'm putting Patrick Mahomes in front of him. I'm putting Josh Allen in front of him. Yeah. I mean, who? where are guys like Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow? <laughs> Joe Burrow. <laughs> you can say it, Ben. I'm waiting for you to say it, man. Okay, my fault. I was getting there. I was getting there. I saw your big expression, and I was like. But, yes, guys like you know Joe Burrow and the rest of the guys I said, I mean, it's a tough when you rank those type of guys. I mean, you guys want to lay out a quick rankings for us before we move on to hoops, or should we save that for another time? I could lay out. Go ahead. Lay it out.
2: It's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I'm putting Lamar at three. I'm okay. putting Joe Burr at four, and I'm putting Justin Herbert at five, and I'm putting Jalen Hurts at six.
0: Okay. So there's
2: six for you. Okay.
0: <laughs> you want to lay out yours?
2: or
1: I do not have my list. You don't want to lay out yours? <laughs> I That's fine. I I'm like going to lay out, out mine
0: real quick just from the top of my head because – and this isn't because I had Lamar for a month and a half in fantasy. I seriously think, like – I mean, for one, their their offense is just, you know, what he has around him. It's just doesn't help him at all. But I think – I'd still put Justin Herbert in front of Lamar Jackson. I think uh, Justin Herbert, you know, they've been struggling coaching-wise, offense. But, you know, you can see the talent there, and you can see how good he is. Um, So I'm probably putting Justin Herbert at three. Um, I'll probably slide in Lamar there at four. And then, you know, this was tough. I can decide. I'll probably put Joe Burrow at five. But Jalen Hurts is on his tail. On his tail. Jalen Hurts is a fantastic player. And he's been doing it for about two seasons now and he doesn't get a whole lot of recognition. And if he starts doing it in the playoffs too, without a doubt, he will jump on my list. The only reason I probably put Joe Burrow is because he was in the Super Bowl last year. You gotta give him credit for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just the only reason I have Lamar so high is because in my mind, if you know, if you give him Keenan Allen, yeah. Mike Will and Austin Eckler, that's by yeah. far the best offense in the league. And yeah. it's not even close. With his running
0: ability. Yeah. And he can he can throw for two fifty and run for one fifty a game.
2: Yeah. So I just And his running will, Lamar yeah. is so he's insane, man. Yeah. And I yeah. think Justin Fields is on his way to be in top ten. I mean, but. he's <laughs> having he's having a
0: great last month. I mean, we can, you know, down the road we can always do another like top ten, top fifteen rankings, but let's leave that for another day. <laughs> let's get into hoops. What?
2: JT for three.
0: Oh, hey! <laughs> so we're live. We're live C's game. Uh, they're up 17 to four early on Miami at home. Uh, no Jimmy Butler, however. We're full strength except for Rob. So, I mean, expect another demolition uh, job here on a Wednesday night. Um, the first thing that I'm going to be talking about, we can get to everyone else, but this is my show. The Boston motherfucking Celtics are them. Joe Mazzulla. Is him. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch these guys play and watch his offense go down, but it's unbelievable. I mean, with two superstars, with JT and Jalen Brown, I know I talk about it every week. And then, I mean, our backcourt, Marcus, Mar- uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and Derek White. I mean, I saw something on Twitter showing their three stats. I mean, they're all unbelievable in their own ways. Derek White shooting 47% from three right now, if you guys didn't know. He's absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, I got some stats right in front of me right now. As a team, uh, we are first in free throw percentage. We are first in three-point percentage, and we are first in points per game on the season. We are absolutely them when it comes to the offensive end. Like I said, we've won nine of the last 10. We've won 13 of the last 15. Our only losses on the season. I've come to the Cleveland Cavaliers and to the Chicago Bears. This team is no joke. I really hope you guys are listening to what I'm saying. I know when this is all said and done, you guys are going to laugh at this. But when we get Robert Williams back come Christmas time, oh my God! Watch out, guys! Watch out, because I'm not even talking about you know Grant Williams, PP off the bench, Sam Houser coming in and lighting y'all up. Did y'all see Blake Griffin catch that lob the other day? Is I he thought back? he couldn't dunk anymore. I thought he couldn't dunk anymore. It was a he mean couldn't when lob. When he was on the Pistons. Well, I mean that's Detroit for you. <laughs> but I mean, I don't want to talk. I don't want to punch on it too much. But the way Joe Missoula has his playing basketball, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, he's using a lot of uh, Ima Udoka's offense, which makes sense because, I mean, well, he had a week to prepare for the season, and he was an assistant under uh, Udoka last year. So it makes sense. But he throws a little bit of his own special touch in it. And it's been working out fantastically as the season's been going on. I mean, we're only just about a quarter of the way through. we got a whole season to go. But definitely a team to keep an eye on. And I would say without a doubt the Celtics and – both the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks are in a tier of their own right now in the NBA.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, watching – watch, I hate to say it, but watching the C's, they are extremely good basketball team right now. Um, I'm not going to give as much props to Missoula as you may be, but
0: – That's fine.
2: I mean, I, he just – the team that he has to work with is what any coach would dream for. You have two superstars. You have – a great center when he comes back from his injury, you have a great point guard who won defense player of the year, and got a
0: great veteran playing Al Horford, Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean Malcolm Brogdon, you can consider him a a vet too. I mean he's been in the league for quite some time now. I don't know if he got drafted in 2013 or something like that, but I mean he's been on a good amount of teams. So yeah, and, you know Derek, Derek White. White?
2: They're I keep all talking fuzz. They're, they're all playing good. <laughs> I hate to say it because I don't like hyping up Lance's team, but. They're good. They're really good, and they're probably going to go to the ECF and play the Bucks.
0: Give it to Yeah! I mean, they're going up against the Heat right now, and they're in a tough battle, but sorry. I just had to tell her to do that. We're going to be on top soon. Are you? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Talk about your boys. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can talk about the Cavs. Go they're ahead. Gonna... Go ahead. I want you to.
1: They're, they're a team of runs so far. I mean, they, they lost that first game. I mean, we went in a row eight, then lost five, then won four, and now we're bouncing back and forth. Right now we're up. I'm pretty sure we're up. You guys are 13 and eight on
0: the season. Yeah, 13 third in the and East. Eight, third
1: in the East. We're up 21 at half against the Sixers. I'm guessing they're not fully healthy. Yeah, I don't believe they are. And Bede's playing. Oh, is he? Is he? he is playing. Harden, Harden is not. I mean the Cavs they look they look good oftentimes. I mean they they're saying they're a team of runs, so when they lose it's not it's not pretty, but when they win they look excellent. And as you said they're third in the East, so they're definitely looking like a they're looking like a good team. We got a lot of young talent. JB Bickerstaff is a great coach. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, that one two tandem are they're nasty. Our big men are really good. Our bench is pretty solid. Like I mean, I like this team a lot. And It's a big comeback, but Ricky Rubio will be back, honestly soon. I think this week. I would say that's key. And he's a great veteran point guard to have. I'd rather have him in than Raúl Neto. So (laughs) I (laughs) think Ricky Rubio is a lot better than him. So that's definitely going to help the team out. But I think the Cavs are really good. I mean, they could be like a top, like top six team in the league. I think because the West is just a whole jumble of. Teams, they're all just a lot of runs. Jazz are looking like one of the best teams
0: and they lose however many and I think but. I think when looking at you know, you didn't hear this from me. But <laughs> I think when looking at the NBA right now, like I just haven't been a fan of a whole lot of teams in the Western Conference right now. Like they all look a little shaky to me. Yeah. And I'd say the best team right now is the Phoenix Suns, but I'm not a huge fan of the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I'm a big Devin Booker fan. I think he's an absolute baller, but I mean CP three is getting past his time. Um, but I mean, Macau Bridges huge X factor for them. Um, I won't keep getting into it. Cam Johnson is out they're looking to move Jay Crowder, um, DeAndre A. And he's a solid big man. But I'd say the Cavs are a top five team in the NBA. Yeah. And I think I can say that with pretty good confidence. Yeah. And I I don't know what teams in the West I put in that because I think it's the Celtics, the Bucks, um, probably the Cavs, and then I mean I probably moved to the Suns after that, and then it'll round it out. I know they're not playing their best ball right now, but I probably I think it's the Memphis Grizzlies. And then probably the Warriors a ways behind them. I think they'll find their way. They'll be back. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll be the team to beat. I don't care what C they are. But right now I'm keeping them out of it because they've been a little inconsistent as well. Clay missed that game winner the other night. Pfft, tough to see. But, I mean, <laughs> when he talks a lot of shit, I mean, I guess he's got four rings. I don't know. But, but yeah, the Cavs are no joke. The Cavs are no joke. And it's crazy how young they are at the same yeah, time. exactly. I, mean, I don't know. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, I mean, that front court's scary to watch, honestly. When that Celtics-Cavs matchup in the playoffs happens, because I believe it's going to. I hope it I think does. they meet eventually, whether it's in the second round or... I mean, you never know. The third round, you never know. But I think, you know, front court with Mobley and Allen versus Al Horford and Robert Williams, like, that is an insane matchup to watch. So I fun. mean, you got Jalen Brown versus Donovan Mitchell. You got Darius Garland versus Smart, Brogdon and company. I mean, I don't know who guarantee, but... <laughs> but I mean, that's what that's something y'all got to worry about come playoff time. But <laughs> but yeah, they're no joke, they're no joke. I mean, they got the veteran presence, Kevin Love off the bench. I mean, Jetty Osmond, he's been on the team for a shit, I mean, I don't know, a long time now. You yeah. know how many years he's been in the league now because he's he started, he originated on the Cavs,
1: yeah, for sure. He's been on the Cavs for a long time, so yeah, he might not be that old, but he's definitely been he's a veteran, like talking about just the Cavs team, yeah. So yeah, he's seen a lot. He's seen a lot of stuff go on in that franchise. A lot of different coaches, a lot of different players. The whole Kyrie, LeBron, all that movement. So he's been there through all that. Same with Kevin Love. So yeah, it's good to have those boys there.
0: Before I uh, move away from the uh, Eastern Conference and head over to the West, another team that I want to shout out, I guess so to speak, it's uh, the team right behind uh, the three teams that I were mentioning before. They're at the four seed in the Eastern Conference right now, sitting at twelve and eight. Uh, it's the Indiana Pacers. Um, the Indiana Pacers have been playing fantastic basketball, led by Tyrese Halliburton. Um they're eight and three in their last eleven. They're fourth in the league in points scored currently, as well as fourth and three-point shots made. And then their third in assists per game. And that's led by Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, I don't care. That man is a stud. He is a um, that's There's a big matchup going on tonight. Um, you guys will know the result of it by the time this podcast comes out. But the Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers are going up for the first time since that trade went down. So we're really going to see who won that trade in that matchup because I believe everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, Damanis Sabonis, he's playing great ball for the Kings as well. Because the Kings are 7-3 and in their last 10. They're one of the teams in the West that have been playing some good ball. So that's going to be entertaining. But the thing that uh, sparked my eye with the Pacers, I mean, yeah, they're high in those things that I recorded, but they have four players on their team that averages 17 or plus points per game. I haven't seen – I mean, I was going through it and see every team, but I don't know if there's another team in the league that averages – has four players averaging 17 or more points per game. I mean – yeah, that's
1: good. They got Buddy Heald
0: averaging 17. Miles Turner's averaging 18. Uh, the rookie, the one that not a lot of people are talking about, Benedict Matherin, he's averaging 19 a game he's nice. on 44% shooting as well as four rebounds. And then, of course, the way uh, leading the charge is their new superstar, a future all-star, in Tyrese Halliburton. He's averaging 20 and 11 this season to go along with four and a half boards and nearly two steals a game. I mean... I don't know. What what do we think of Halliburton, man? This guy's a future all-star. Future example. all-star. 38% yeah, from three. I mean, that's what you want. He's a great player. He's a beast. He's a great player. I don't know. At first, when it went down and before the season started, I probably said the Kings won that trade. But now you look at it and it's like, hang on, hang on. The Kings got some bonus. And the Pacers got Halliburton and Buddy Healed. So, I mean, I think without a doubt the Pacers won it. And they're just mm-hmm. getting started. Can the Pacers, you know, make some noise in the... In the Eastern Conference, long season to go, game of runs. But yeah. is, is this team fit for it?
2: What do you guys think? I feel like I can think of better players, like better teams that are not the Pacers. Pretty much, yeah. Sixers are better. The Hawks are better. I don't know.
1: I mean, I think, they can be a playing team. For I think. Sure. The, I think the Bulls are. I better. think
2: they're a playing team. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. For I sure, I think they can make a seven to ten spot, and they could probably even win a playing game, but. I just, I don't see them getting past the first round against a team. No, like, no,
0: that's not what I'm saying. You know, like, that's not what I'm saying. You know, like at at all. like a
2: Celtics or a Cavs or a, a Bucks. Yeah, if they get well, no matter seven or eight, they're playing at one or two. Well, team no matter, I don't, I don't
0: care it. if they're a three seed. If they're a three seed and they got to play like the Hawks at the six seed or yeah. you never know, maybe the Nets, you know, because the they're This is hard, dude. The Nets are sitting at nine right now. The Heat are sitting at 11. The Bulls are sitting at 12. Like Long some season. weird things are going on in the NBA right now. And, It's crazy because we're just about a quarter of the way through already. Toronto sitting at six, uh, Philly's at five, um, and Washington, the one team I didn't name, they're uh, sitting in the seven spot right now in the first plane. So the east is going to be super interesting. Um, But when we move over to the west side, um, it was the Utah Jazz a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about the west, like, shocking us, you know, with their – a bunch of solid role players on their team, not really any superstars, but they were the one seed in the West. And now, you know, we had our Rivalry Week podcast last week and we're back doing our normal thing. The Jazz still aren't playing good. Only two and eight in their last 10. They were in first place last week. Now they're in ninth place. So, I mean, I still got props for Will Hardy. But now let me get to the Spurs. The Spurs, they were playing solid ball. A lot of props was going to Popovich. They don't really have a good roster. They've completely fallen off. Only one win in the month of November. Um, after a 5-2 and two start to the season, now they're at 6-15. and 15, They've fallen off. Another team that's struggling in the West, the Dallas Mavericks. They had kind of a hot start. Now that Luka's taking a little bit of a tip off, the Mavs are taking a bit of a tip off. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10, and they're the 11th seed in the West. And Kendrick Perkins was saying it on ESPN just today. He didn't have Luka Doncic in his MVP conversation as of right now, and I like that because the Mavs are a 500-basketball team right now sitting at the 10th seed in the West. Why should he be? I mean, I I think we could all agree that the Jazz and the Spurs aren't really going to make any noise in the West. But a lot of people, you know, have a lot of faith in Luka Doncic. I was one of them. I think they got you know it's not the best team in the league, but he's one of the best players in the league with a lot of solid players around him. You know, Christian Wood, uh, Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, some guys to name. Are the Mavs okay? Is Jason Kidd going to figure it out with his boys, or does Luka Doncic need a piece? They'll go right around 500 at the end of the season. You think so?
2: Yeah. I oh, don't know. 41 and 41, you know, 40 and 42 maybe.
1: I mean, we thought Christian Wood was going to be the extra piece, and I don't really know. I mean, he's been solid for them. Okay. He's been really good, I think yeah. he needs another guard. He's definitely missing Jalen Brunson. Yeah, That 100%. boy was playing well. So, yeah. I mean, if he had a Jalen Brunson still on that team, I don't think they'd be having this issue that they're having right now. So, I would say that. I think he needs another piece, just uh, just like another energizer, just so if he's out the game, or just another uh, a two guard, just for him to give the ball to, so he doesn't have to iso every single play. Yeah. But I don't know, they could be in trouble. I think the whole West is just a big jumble yeah, of teams. Pit. Yeah. I just I don't think the Mavs team is very good in
2: general outside. I mean, their the team Luka. solid.
0: Spencer Dinwiddie averages 17. Christian Wood averages 16. They got Tim Hardaway Jr. I didn't bring him up. Finney Smith.
2: But None of these guys are like, you know, no no
0: one's crazy. The one problem, none I'm, of them are like I'm all gonna, stars. Like, you I'm know, co- I, you shouldn't need all those all stars,
2: okay? But that's how the NBA is now, you know? Like, well, mm, yes, I wouldn't say that exactly. Yes, the C's have mm. three, four all stars. Mm, we have two, okay? Cavs have two. A lot of teams have more than one. I mean, all-star. I think,
0: I think if you know, I think Brogdon could be an all star, I don't think he is, you know, the way the NBA is going right now. Feeds back on the Pacers without that team, and he's one of the main guys, you know. I mean, even he's like average is 20 and six, even like former all stars. I, I think veterans. Robert Williams is an all star player. You can say three if you want. They don't but, have, you know, how you about to talk about the Celtics? Like, we're the best team in the league. I know, but
2: <laughs> you can't, they don't even have any veteran like presence on that team. Like, the C's have an Al Horford, like, those yeah. guys like that, and a lot of teams have guys like that. Cavs have a Kevin Love. Like, I know it's not a big deal, but he used to be a one of the best power forwards in the league on a championship Soon. team. Yeah, so it's I just I think they're missing that veteran presence. They have a really young group of guys, um, and none of, they're just a bunch of role players. in Luka Doncic.
0: Yeah, I mean Luka Doncic has the highest usage rate in the NBA. You probably yeah. wouldn't even have to look that up to know that. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think they needed you know get more depth around their team. Like their starting lineup isn't all that bad, honestly. When you look at it, like the names I said, they're not that bad. But you don't have anyone to sub in. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Josh Green's a solid player. I mean, he's been in the league a couple of years for him, but he is not a guy that should be getting you know rotational minutes, like heavy rotational minutes. Maxi Kleba, nothing special. Reggie Bullock, nothing special. Davi Spertan's has been a huge letdown for them in that trade with Chris Chrisops Porzingis. We, we honestly, that just came back to my mind, like another huge piece lost for them. Like they did have Porzingis and not Bradson. too long ago. The team
2: would be good right now if they had both those guys.
0: I think that goes to the front office. They got to start doing a better job. Players
1: leave teams and then they start balling elsewhere. Like I mean, Porzingis wasn't doing anything crazy on the Mavericks. He goes to the Wizards and he's balling. Yeah. And think of, Corey uh, Markin and they trade Cavs trade him goes to the Jazz and he's looking like just yeah, out, of his, like out of his mind. Like people go to new teams. It's just the system that you're in. And sometimes coaches and franchises they let their players do what they want and like let them like. Bull, bull, another one i mean he didn't get traded or anything but he's playing he like, was he's been playing a lot better they're starting to use him like what he was looking like when he was in high school i was like oh my god this dude's gonna be out of his mind and now he's starting to look like he's coming into his own so i think it's just yeah the maverick they definitely do need they need a little more depth they need i think luca he needs some help i don't know if he can get it all done maybe
2: by the maybe the coaching isn't that great you know, if all these guys, I don't Jason all that. Are. If all I mean, these guys are leaving either. and playing well elsewhere, maybe that maybe it's a coaching problem. You know, maybe the offense is too reliant on Luka Doncic to touch the ball every possession.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Before we finish hoops, I want to name a few other teams that have been playing well in the Western Conference. I mean, the Suns, it's the Suns, the Pelicans, the Warriors, and the Kings. They are all on a seven and three in their last ten streak. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors keep it coming. I mean, I think, I think they should move Clay to the bench, rock with Jordan Poole. I think the younger guys are getting more experience as the season goes on. Pelicans, hell of a team, um, hell of a roster. And then the Suns, I mean, even with some of the injuries they've been dealing with, you know, throwing Torrey Craig in the lineup, no Chris Paul. Right, excuse I think- me, Campaign's been, you know, starting point guard for them recently. And yet they still finding ways to win games. I like their team a lot. I think they're one of the top competitors come playoff time and then you know, yeah. last team I said the Kings. I think the Kings are a sleeper team, man. I think they can make the playoffs. I mean, I like season the season started, um, we were saying, you know, it's going to be these eight, these nine. Someone's going to miss it. But some teams are looking really fluky right now. And the Kings look really solid. And they have a lot of good depth on their team. I mean, they're led by De'Aaron Fox. They got a Sabonis. I love Harrison Barnes. You know, that's a good veteran piece for them. I mean, you know, Malik Monk, huge addition yeah. for them. They have Kevin Waretear from the Hawks. Huge nice. addition for them. Got one of the best burners in the league. Um and then I haven't even brought up their rookie and Keegan Murray yet. So I mean, they got they got depth, they got size, they got shooters, they got playmakers. They got a little bit of everything. And I I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if this team has a good future with the type of roster they have right now. Yeah. So, I mean, wow, yes. They probably did lose that trade with the Pacers. They're set up really well with a really good franchise. I mean, there's other guys that I haven't been naming either. I mean, Terrence Davis, a lot of people like him. So we are early into the college basketball season, as we know. Um, Ohio State, they've been solid, not a whole lot of competition. Um, they have had a, a good amount in the last few games, although they're sitting at 5-1. and one. Uh, They're traveling uh, to play Duke. They're on the road uh we are currently in the second half just a couple minutes in and they're down 43 to 33 so this is a pretty interesting uh matchup in my opinion because I think Duke you know they got that really young team led by Jeremy Roach and we're kind of that pretty young team led by I guess you could say Justice Sewing and Zed Key and they've had a couple tough matchups the last couple weeks and Duke's coming off an ass whooping um if I'm not mistaken What have you guys been liking from this game so far? I mean, I know you've been keeping tabs. I've been seeing your eyes waddle back and forth. Um, What have we been liking? Right now, uh, sorry, I just got to say, Filipowski is leading the way with 11 points on both sides. That's her big man, right? Yep.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. That's one thing I don't like. We cannot get a rebound,
0: and we cannot stop that man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm honestly not the biggest fan of his game. I just feel like he's got that unicorn-type build. Yeah, he's just seven
2: one man, and... Zed Key's, you know, he's not tall enough to be getting boards over him.
0: I mean pretty prevalent. Looking at Zed Key right now, he's got a six and six, uh six and six rebounds to go along with three blocks. So I mean he's playing a good game. He's doing his part, shooting three for five. He's definitely doing his part right now. Um another an, I mean, no one else has really been shining for the Buckeyes. That's kind of our problem. I mean, sensible, he comes off the bench for us. He's normally our best player, averaging 17 a game. Um, he's only got four on the game right now, shooting two for six, uh, Sean McNeil, one of our, uh, uh, young shooters on the team, or I guess I wouldn't say young. He's actually been in college for this is senior year. I believe he started at West Virginia now that I think about it, but he's one of the shooters on our team. Um, he's struggling right now. He's shooting two for six. The one guy that says playing well for us right now, it seems like, I mean, suing he's one for six, only three points. I mean, it's Bruce Thorn. Bruce Thorn's playing the best ball right now. He's four for five, eight points. And then on Duke, it's the other side. is five for nine, six boards. I mean, that's about it. Uh, Tyrese Proctor's got seven. Jeremy Roach got five. Uh, So early in the season, obviously. um, I don't know how much Duke basketball you guys have been tuning into. I've watched not every game, but I've watched a good amount. As long as the Buckeyes. Me, personally, I don't know. I don't. Duke might have a long way to go. Maybe they can figure it out. But I'm not a, the biggest fan of Flip, their big man that they got. I'm going to call him Flip. Makes it a lot easier. I don't know. I mean, he's he's able to do a little bit of everything, but I, I don't know. Not like what I say here, but I feel like he's kind of a bitch, you know? Kind of pl- plays like that pussy mentality, you know? Like, he gets boards because he's you know he's taller than everyone else and he's skinny, so he's quick and he can shoot over everyone, but... I don't think there's a type of game that can translate to the NBA at all, but that's just me. I think Duke ends up winning this game. They're up 12 right now with 16 and a half to go. But what about the Buckeyes? What have you guys seen from the Buckeyes early on this season? And what have you liked? What have you disliked? Can't play
2: any defense, dude. We cannot play any defense. That's one thing I don't like. We have zero defense. Yeah. I think that we have some scores, but I think we definitely lack chemistry. But it's a new squad. None of the, like
0: it's tough with Zed t-
2: Key and it- Justice Suing. and those are like the only guys on the team from last year, really. Like
0: Yeah. I mean we got some other guys, they don't really get as yeah, like you a have, tick.
2: You have Bruce Thornton, you have Sean McNeil, and you have Bryce Sensiball, and you know, those are Zed Key and Just Suing. Those are your main guys, really. Yeah. And you know, I like Just uh, uh Sean McNeil. He's yeah, a really you
0: say likely has four fouls? I don't know. How do you pronounce his name? Like I? Like Eichel, yeah, like that or something. I don't know. I mean, he's not really a scorer, but uh, he leads the team in assists per game, and he also averages six boards a game. So for a guard, that's pretty damn fucking good. You guys have anything you want to say? Or- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sean McNeil,
2: he's a good shooter. I mean, I have said a lot. I've said what I wanted to say.
1: Um, what do we I think? mean, we haven't really, as you said earlier, we haven't really played much. Competition. The competition that we did play, we lost to San Diego State, but we did yeah. beat Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. That was a big win. So that was a big win. I I mean, it's early in the season. We have a lot of young players. I think, I don't know, we shouldn't make the tournament. That's a long way away, but I think we can make the tournament. I don't know about how much noise we're going to make, but, I mean, we're a young team. This is what's supposed to be our down year. We have a good recruiting class next year, so I don't want to look past it. Hashtag uh, shout-out Bronny. Hopefully he's yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out. <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. But yeah, next <laughs> uh, I don't know. This year it's kind of it's iffy. It's early, but I mean, we're 5 and 1, so it's a good record. Finally cracked that top 25. So,
0: I mean, I'd agree. I think we I think we're a solid team with a bunch of solid players. You know, we got some older guys, we got some younger guys, and I think when we bring it together, we'll win a good amount of games. But I I think I'm like you. I think we're a couple years away. We got to wait for those recruiting classes to come on in. Shout out, Bronny, If you're listening. Yeah. You're our starting point guard. If you just ask for it. You're him. You can even start at the two if you want. Your world. <laughs> Seriously, your world, your campus. Come on now. But, yeah, it should be fun as the season progresses. I mean, basketball will be going on for a long time. March Madness is months away. It'll be here before we know it. But as of right now, it's months away. But that's going to do it for a House, a house of Sports podcasts. You guys want to say bye to your mothers? or? My mother don't listen. I'm going to tell my mom to tune in. <laughs> All right. I'll see you, Mayor. I'll see you, Tom. I'll see you, Lance Sr. Uh, everyone else, I appreciate you guys for listening every week. I'll see you guys next week. Mike drop. <laughs>